I'm Adam Clark Estes, Deputy Editor of Recode. You're listening to Recode Daily. This week, I'll be choosing some of my favorite episodes from the past year, and they're episodes that I think exemplify what we do here at Recode. We try to expose both the promise and peril of technology. Technology companies can do great things for us, and technology itself makes our lives a lot easier, but sometimes that comes with consequences that aren't always apparent. And with big tech companies becoming even bigger, it's important to think about their role in society moving forward. So first up is an interview that Recode's Peter Kafka did with an Instacart delivery driver. This one stands out because I feel like you don't always hear about the other side of delivery business. And delivery drivers have a tough job and the companies that they work for don't always treat them well. And I think we hear about that in pretty stark fashion straight from the source. When the pandemic hit last year, Americans had to start thinking carefully about how to safely go about day-to-day tasks and errands like grocery shopping. Fears about crowded supermarkets meant an opportunity for an app like Instacart, which recruits gig economy workers to shop for other people's groceries with the promise that workers can earn up to $25 an hour. The pandemic pushed Instacart to prioritize customers and their safety, but some of Instacart's workers feel neglected. I'm Peter Kafka. Today, I'm joined by Ehud Sofer, who works for Instacart as a shopper and deliverer, and he's here to tell us more. Welcome, Ehud. Thanks for having me. Ehud, you recently wrote a story for Vox about your experience working for Instacart as a shopper and delivery person. And in that piece, you argue that Instacart's system for rating customer experience puts workers like you in a tough spot. Could you just explain the basics of Instacart and how it works and and for folks who haven't used the app and what it's like for you to work for Instacart? Sure. So it's a a third-party grocery shopping app. So basically someone who might want to order groceries We'll place an order for groceries and then a shopper like myself will go out and shop and deliver those groceries. You're sort of an independent contractor and in theory, Instacart is connecting you with someone who wants your services. Yeah, we we get paid by commission by the orders we take. So generally the way the app looks to a shopper like myself is you open the app and you have a dashboard with all your orders. What's nice about Instacart as opposed to some other apps is instead of being assigned orders, you actually get to choose among a variety of orders you have. So you'll get to see the amount the orders pay, how many miles the delivery is, and um, how many items are in the order. The main issue is that almost every order, there's an item out of stock at the supermarket. And so that makes communication between the shoppers and customers crucial. A, A great deal of the time when you message customers, they either don't message you back or they often don't even know they're getting the messages for whatever reason. So I feel that Instacart does not stress enough to customers the importance of communicating with shoppers and that even though we are working for them, of course, to an extent we're working together because we're picking out your groceries and if in every order there's an item missing, we need to know if if we should replace it or refund it for you. So if I if I take an Uber, sometimes the Uber driver will ask me to give them a good rating. The Uber driver can also rate me, which in theory affects um, whether or not I'm likely to get picked up. Uh, Instacart has the same system, correct? The difference with Instacart is that we can't rate the customers. 
the customers can only rate us. So it's not a two-way platform. Um, I generally don't think about this rating system a whole lot, unless, again, an Uber driver asked me to give them a good rating. What does the rating system mean to you? What happens if your rating drops? Right. So that's one of the big issues is most customers, if they give something like four stars, they don't view it as a bad thing in their head. Four out of five is good. Yeah, it's almost perfect. It's like an A minus, which is pretty good. And I think with Uber, if you had a driver who had like a 4.8, you'd think they're a pretty good driver. But with Instacart, if you get a four star rating, or I should say two, because your your first lowest ratings removed, but basically on your second rating below five stars, you lose out on orders to everyone who has a perfect five star rating. What happens as your ratings dip? What is that? What does that look like visually when you're looking at your app? Well, that dashboard that, you know, might have previously had 20 orders showing up each day, you're now going to see between zero and five orders. And if you go to supermarkets, you can see this in real time. You'll see Instacart shoppers sitting in their cars for hours, refreshing their screen, just waiting for new orders to show up. Instacart spells out for us that you have to complete a hundred orders in order to erase a rating. So let's say you got a bad rating. You now need to complete another 100 orders to erase that rating. And by the way, your good ratings also disappear. So to sum up, you've got a one through five rating system. Um, Again, like you're familiar seeing at Uber, except it really is you're describing a a really brutish and nasty uh, Darwinian competition for, for work. And it's not really a one through five rating system. It's a 4.8 through five Point oh rating system. And if you drop really anything below close to five, your earnings drop. What happens to you as your earnings drop? So the first time I, I received a four-star rating and it affected my overall rating, I dropped to a 4.96 and uh, I wasn't seeing any orders. I had been led to be under the impression that I could realistically earn 20 to $25 an hour. I was weighing job options and so I, I wanted to calculate my average based on all the orders I was doing, and I was seeing it was in that nice 20 to $25 range. But once I received that first low rating, basically the assessment system I created for myself was showing me that the orders I was having access to would yield $15 an hour at most. And I, I had absolutely no idea that the ratings worked this way. And this is a full-time job for you, more or less, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I was panicking about as to how I was paying rent. So you're constantly on this sort of treadmill where you're either working to, to fix a bad rating or to keep your good rating. How many orders are you generally doing on a given day or week? Four or five per day. Can I ask uh, um, what, why you're working for Instacart instead of doing something else? The industry I'm going into, the film industry, it's extremely demanding hours at extremely low pay. And I just didn't think it would be good for my mental health. And from an artistic perspective, I felt that a job where I could presumably earn 20 to $25 an hour uh, would give me more free time to write scripts and work on my own projects. So you're kind of the, the, 
use case for, for the gig economy that that the Ubers and Instacarts of the world promulgate is you're someone who has options. You could do different things. You're choosing this because it gives you autonomy, because you can sort of think you can work when you want. Um, but it's not working out the way you imagined. Do, do you have a sense that the people on the other side of the equation, the people who are getting del- groceries delivered by you, have any idea what their ratings mean to you, one or the other? I don't think most people know, and that's really the what drove me to write this article, this sense that if a kind and caring person, if you just knew, you would abstain from rating. But I think most people appreciate the work. They just don't understand how the rating system works. Do you think there's something particular about Instacart, right? If, I, if I'm in an Uber, I can see the driver. Um, if I'm at a restaurant, and a waiter is working is is bringing me food, and I'm deciding whether how much to tip them. I'm always going to tip them. Um, but if you're dropping off groceries for me, there's a decent chance I'll never see you, right? Do you think that weighs into this equation? Definitely. I don't want to use such an extreme word, but I can't think of a better one. There is a dehumanization element to it. Instacart is basically making a promise to people of anything you want is instantly at your doorstep, and I think on a sensory level. That's how people are experiencing it. They're just expecting things to show up at their doorstep and be absolutely perfect. And they're not al- obligated to put any thought into what goes into it. Do you think Instacart could could find some way of, of explaining to shoppers or, or adjusting their ratings to spell out the difference between something that took you a long time to do or something was your mistake versus the supermarket just didn't have toilet paper that day? Yeah, I think I think there definitely needs to be more nuance. And I think that's why a rating system is flawed, because it doesn't point to that nuance. Uh, hey, thanks for coming on the podcast to talk about all this. Thank you. And for more Rico Daily, you can follow us in all the usual podcast places. <laughs>